Informing America's farmers and ranchers. It's Adams on Agriculture. Produced by the American Ag Radio Network. Here's your host, Mike Adams. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Adams on Agriculture. Thanks for joining us and for letting us be part of your day. Well, big day yesterday at the American Farm Bureau meeting down in New Orleans. The president spoke... uh, Spoke quite a while, a lot of it on the border wall situation, but we'll get into all that here in a bit. Uh, But uh, there's plenty there to talk about. And we're also going to talk markets today with Arlen Suderman with INTL FC Stone. And from the AFBF meeting, they're in their delegate session today. We will talk with the president of the Illinois Farm Bureau, Rich Giebert, and the president of the Minnesota Farm Bureau, Kevin Papp. But joining us now from the meeting down in the Big Easy is Jerry Hagstrom with the Hagstrom Report. Jerry, thanks for joining us. Good morning. I'm calling you, or you're calling me, from a, uh, to, at a very cloudy, cold New Orleans. So people really haven't gotten much of a weather break down here. Well, I tell you, from, considering I'm sitting here, I'm still amongst 16 inches of snow. I'm going to have a hard time feeling too sorry for you, though. I guess I underestimated that. <laughs> <laughs> well, what did you think of the speech yesterday? Well, I thought that that Trump uh, used the Farm Bureau meeting to continue his campaign for uh, the wall. Uh, and and uh, the audience was extremely enthusiastic about his visit. Uh, but at the same time, <clears throat> Zippy Duvall, the president of the Farm Bureau, is warning uh, that the farmers' patience it depends on their financial situation. So I think no matter how uh, big an applause and, and how many standing ovations Trump got here, um, what happens to him politically uh, still depends on whether they solve some of these problems, like the trade problems with China and, and, um, and also eventually opening the government. Yeah, the vast majority of the speech was about the border wall or barrier, whatever you want to call it. Uh, then he got into a few other things. He did mention his support again for E15 sales year-round. He did talk about these uh, big trade deals that are coming. But a lot of this he keeps talking about, as we have seen for weeks and months now, he keeps talking about things to come. And as you said, farmers are starting to say, hey, we need to see them happen. Exactly, exactly. That's so much of, you know, uh, Trump describes himself as a deal maker, and and he ta- and he um, and and yet he keeps talking about something happening in the future. Uh, you know, it's time for things. It's time for things to happen uh, in order to prove that he is the president that he says he is. Now, of course, he has proved it with the withdrawal of the Waters of the United States rule, but that's really only one accomplishment. Uh, and I also have to say that. The, his speech yesterday was juxtaposed uh, with the Republicans taking the committee assignments, including agriculture, away from Steve King. And that's a reflection on the, how the country views the social issues that both King and Trump have talked about. Now, I did. there was a, a, a line or two in there that got big response from the uh, AFBF crowd. And that was about allowing workers in, uh, you know, uh, get he acknowledged the need for those migrant workers for U.S. agriculture, for U.S. farms, and talked about uh, getting that done. Yes, he did. And he also, he also said that the people who have worked here for 25 years, and I assume that by that he means the uh, illegal immigrants, if they go home, they shouldn't have a hard time getting back in. 
And I know that means a great deal to some of the farmers who have promoted these immigrants uh, to managerial positions on their farms. So both of those were very important, and they and they were um, they did get a standing ovation. The question is, can he pull it off? Can he can he make can he do a deal with Congress to get immigration reform? He hit on some general themes that were very popular with the crowd, but again, uh, a speech that was still very short on details. Uh, indeed, it was a classic <clears throat> Trump speech, uh, and it uh, uh, you know included a lot of emotion. He had a crowd that that uh, that likes him. I mean, loves him, uh, and they were and they reflected that yesterday. Uh, We'll have to see how it goes over over the coming months and, of course, going up to the 2020 election. And, of course, hanging over all this still right now, of course, it ties in with the border wall or barrier. Uh, that is the government shutdown. And each day that has a bigger and bigger impact. Yes, I, I heard that uh, uh, that uh, Secretary Purdue was on Fox News yesterday saying they're going to try to figure out a way to open the Farm Service Agency offices. But I don't you know, I think that would be really hard to do. That's a lot of money and a lot of people. So, uh, you know, it's, it's, it would still be so much easier if they just opened the government. Mm-hmm. So, and we're talking with Jerry Haxton with the Haxton Report, who's in New Orleans at the AFBF meeting where President Trump spoke yesterday. So, Jerry, what, what's the feel in the hallways? What's the talk uh, and the attitude after the speech yesterday? Uh, well, I think that... You know, I think there was in, uh, there was enthusiasm. Uh, I will mention the, the one thing that that Trump did not mention that that I think got the the uh, biggest attention down here. Not because he didn't mention it, but it, it's hemp. Uh, I went to an event on hemp, and there were 200 people who showed up. There, it was standing room only. The farmers are really enthusiastic about hemp to the point that. Uh, that the experts are saying, you know, tone it down a little bit. Make sure you have a market if you plant hemp. Don't, you know, don't go into this, um, or we could end up with a big surplus. And then, uh, and then, of course, the price would tank and the whole idea would fail. Uh, but there's a lot of enthusiasm here about hemp. Uh, and, of course, that was reflected by the changes that were made in the farm bill. Mm-hmm. So you, we kind of went into this. I was calling... I was expecting the crowd to be supportive but anxious, and that sounds like uh, that's uh, that's the takeaway from this. They were still very supportive of the president, but now starting to want to get some answers, and it's going to take more moving forward than just promises of things to come. Uh, that's, things are going to have to uh, they're going to have to see some tangible evidence of things getting done. Uh, yeah, yes, I think that's I think that's right. Uh, of course. You know, I think any farm any farm bureau audience would want to be enthusiastic about a presidential visit, and they were very enthusiastic. I didn't notice any diminishment of their enthusiasm from uh, from last year. Uh, they were very supportive, uh, but we also have to counter this with the fact that uh, Nancy Pelosi's poll numbers are going up. There's a higher approval rating. More people like her because she's confronting Trump. So we have these two two very different things happening in the society, and I do think when you get the farmers into the sessions and you get them by themselves, you know they are they really want action 
on the things that Trump has promised. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting uh, to see how much longer the patience lasts and uh, when, if and when they can get some things worked out in Washington, D.C., starting with getting the government open and back in business. All right, Jerry, thanks for the report, and uh, safe travels back for you. Thank you for being with us. Thank you. Jerry Hagstrom with the Hagstrom Report down in New Orleans at the American Farm Bureau Federation annual meeting. More reaction to the president's speech and more from the meeting going on down there. A little bit later in the program, we'll talk with two state presidents, Illinois Farm Bureau President Rich Gebert, Minnesota Farm Bureau President Kevin Papp. Uh, We're going to ask them to step out of their delegate session today to uh, spend some time with us. Up next, we'll talk markets with Arlen Suderman with INTL FC Stone. That's next on AOA Adams on Agriculture. Hi, I'm George Foreman. Do you have an idea for a new product or invention? People ask me all the time, George, how do I get my idea in front of companies? How do I get a patent? What do I do next? Do you have the same questions? I'll tell you like I'll tell them all. Call my friends at InventHelp. To get your free inventor's information, call 1-800-352-0432. That's 1-800-352-0432. I believe every inventor deserves the opportunity to step into the ring and take their best shot. Put InventHelp in your corner. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Text and catch the bus. Text and miss your stop. Wait, 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 wait. Text and be late to work. Sorry, I'm late. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. Who, me? Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Did you know you can listen to the latest podcast of Adams on Agriculture or hear the top news and weekend review from the American Ag Network on your Amazon Alexa? Play my flash briefing. Use the Alexa app to search for the podcast you want to play. Search for Adams on Agriculture to learn about the issues affecting agriculture each weekday. Welcome to Adams on Agriculture. Again. Or you can search for the American Ag Network. This is the American Ag Network Week in Review. I'm Sabrina Hill. Stay up to date on agriculture with the sound of your voice on your Amazon device. Thousands of people contact InventHelp monthly about their invention or new product. Do you think companies would be interested in your idea? Do you want to try to get a patent? Call InventHelp now. Best of all, the call and information are free. InventHelp keeps your idea confidential, explaining every step of the invention process. We create professional materials and submit them to companies who are looking for new ideas in your category. We have more than 9,000 companies who have agreed to review new ideas in confidence. If a company shows interest in manufacturing, 
manufacturing your invention, we can negotiate on your behalf. We have helped over 10,000 clients receive patents. We offer 3D modeling and animation, prototyping services, and we use state-of-the-art technology to present client ideas to additional companies. Join people just like you who made the call to InventHelp. You have nothing to lose. The call and the information are free. Call 1-800-213-4556. That's 1-800-213-4556. Again, 1-800-213-4556. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now back to Mike Adams. All right, let's talk with Arlen Suderman, Chief Commodities Economist for INTL FC Stone. Arlen, thanks for joining us. How are things going in a world without any uh, government reports or numbers uh, to work with? Well, the primary risk, I mean, many of us who are in the industry still have our ways of trying to keep track of what's going on. But the risk is that you start drifting away from reality, misreading signals or whatever, and that's why USDA's daily and weekly export reports, as well as those monthly reports uh, from WASD, kind of bring you home and kind of keep you on track. And so it does increase that risk that the industry is actually drifting away from what reality is, and there could be a, a correction one way or the other when we finally do get that data flow again. You know, those numbers, those reports are often criticized, often questioned and doubted. But does not having them show the value that they actually give us? Uh, I mean, if not, you know, we don't agree with them at 100 percent, but it sure gives us uh, some guidance, doesn't it, to to have those numbers? I fully agree. I've been one of those critics over the years. Um, but it's still one of the better systems. I mean, we work with people all all over the world. We follow agriculture statistics in countries around the world. And uh, what USDA has, while flawed, is still the best there is. And uh, I would take that over anybody else's system any day. Let's uh, talk about South America. Uh, again, their estimates, crop estimates, are coming down some. Uh, do you think uh, significant uh, deductions or or? Do you see it still as a, a big crop to deal with out in the marketplace that we'll be competing with? It's still a pretty good-sized crop. Now, Brazil, we lowered our estimate down to 116.3 million metric tons at the first of the month. That was mostly due to the crop stress that occurred in early to mid-December from heat and dryness at that time, primarily in Paraná and in Mato Grosso do Sul. There have been some other dry pockets that have uh, emerged since then. Some of that has been in soybeans that are fairly mature already, not seen much damage. Others have been in areas where they uh, did see some additional damage, but other areas got good rains and boosted their yield. So we're still at that 116.3. USDA is at 122 as of the December report, and that's one of the areas where we miss USDA's uh, update. CONAB is, uh, I think, at about 118 right now. Some of the private estimates are even below 110. Uh, We just think it's premature to go that low at this point. Early harvest results, and we're talking about the first 5% of the crop here, have been disappointing. But, again, that, that was due to soybeans from that December stress, not from the stress we're seeing now. We're talking with Arlen Suderman with INTL FC Stone. Arlen, we always talk about what's the acreage uh, 
going to be this year, and we're going to see a, a significant reduction in soybean acres. And I know it's still, uh, we're mid-January, there's still time, but uh, when do you see uh, the kind of that line where the market needs to send a signal to make a significant shift? Uh, typically, we'd expect that to be in that February-March time period, and I think that could be a wake-up call time for the market as well. Now, that kind of coincides with the March 2nd deadline for a trade agreement with China. So I think February and March could be quite volatile right now, depending on what the news flow is out of China. Now, as I've said before, I still do not see any hints that, it, that what's being discussed in a trade deal could fix the soybean balance sheet, um, could have some more positive implications for many of the other commodities. Um, but that, I think, will be a time of great volatility. We still see very little evidence of more than one or two million acre shift right now at this point. That would see soybean stocks growing in the year ahead, assuming we don't see much more significant losses in South America and we have a normal growing season here in the United States. Um, and it would just kind of help us keep up with demand outside of China uh, on the corn side, so if we had any demand come from China at all, it would really tighten the balance sheet on the corn side. Okay, so let's play this out. Let's say that February-March time period, all of a sudden a big deal with China is announced. It looks like they're going to really pick up buying U.S. soybeans again. Does that signal to U.S. farmers to go ahead and plant soybeans this year? I, I, and that's an excellent question I think every farmer needs to be considering. Keep in mind that everything we've heard so far coming out of the trade talks has been not guaranteed purchase amounts, but it has been to remove obstacles of trade so that China will buy from whoever has the best value of soybeans. Well, at this time of the year, that's going to be South America unless we drop prices significantly try to chase them to the bottom to get the business away from uh, uh, to get the business away from Brazil and Argentina so we don't really see that big recovery in soybean export demand to China until we have the advantage next fall next winter so that leaves us with a big surplus meanwhile Brazil and Argentina will also have carryover stocks as well so it doesn't bode well for trying to draw down our stocks. And, and frankly, without a weather intervention on one side of the equator or the other, we really need to lose 8 to 10 million acres of production just to kind of try to fix this global balance sheet. Yeah, the timing of this is going to be very interesting indeed. Now, what's your corn outlook? As we look at corn, assuming nothing happens with China, we still have enough demand from the rest of the world, assuming normal weather, that we need to pick up a million or two acres of corn just to kind of keep that supply pipeline flowing and functioning. Um, And uh, so if we, in fact, do see some business from China, then that tightens things up more significantly. So we can absorb a couple million acre increase or shift over from soybeans. We are hearing from uh, private buyers on the ground in China. What happens if the U.S., and these are buyers unrelated to each other, they keep saying the same message. What happens if uh, we come in and buy 8 to eight to 12 million metric tons of corn? We keep hearing that over and over. They have an interest of in buying U.S. corn, U.S. milo, uh, and uh, so that interest is, is there. They're just waiting for the green light from the government. So if, if the trade agreement actually opens that door for them to do so. Let's pick the middle of that range. That's 400 million 
bushels. If you take that off of this year's balance sheet, suddenly that pulls ending stocks uh, much tighter, closer to a billion bushels. And uh, the market's not really comfortable with anything less than $1.5 billion at this point. So that means trying to stimulate more production and uh, trying to ration demand, giving us a marketing year average price well above where we're currently at. Probably some opportunities to sell cash corn with a five in front of it. Now, that's a big if. So I don't want everyone to start banking on that. That's a big if when it comes to China. You can hear lots of rumors until it actually happens. You don't know if it will. Yeah, and China and what happens there greatly impacts what's going to happen with ethanol this year, too. It really does. Now, one of the things we're also hearing in, in the, from our boots on the ground in China is interest in maybe about 2.5 million metric tons of ethanol and some DDGs. Well, that would dramatically help our crush margins here in the United States. If it doesn't happen, we continue to struggle with those grind margins. If it does happen, then that can help the ethanol industry and, and help boost those production levels as well. We wait for the next round of talks. We also see how the government shutdown may impact all that because USTRs, the trade reps office, is starting to shut down too because of the uh, situation with the government. But uh, it seemed like everything, well, nothing substantial came out of this talk, these talks recently in Beijing. Nothing really negative either, pointing to the next uh, set of talks. I guess as long as they're talking, that, uh, that keeps optimism in the picture, right? Right, and, and I have one of my staff members is in China now talking to people, and uh, he says, what do you want to find out? And I said, find out everything you can on uh, African swine fever and also on how the consumer is doing in China, how the economy is doing. And one of the interesting things is China officially says their economy is growing at 6.5%, which is really what their export-based economy needs to perform at that level. But what he's finding out, talking to economists privately there, they really see the growth being closer to 1.5%, which is a real wow. problem for an export-based economy. And they see a lot of problems with uh, hog producers really pulling back, hog feeding down about 15%, largely due to fear of African swine fever. So more pressure on them maybe to get a deal done? I think there's a significant amount of pressure. They put in another dose of stimulus today. They're trying to direct the stimulus toward the private industries, but the, their structure's really built to support their state-run industries. The state-run industries get about 50% of support and account for about 20% of GDP. Um, so they're really having trouble getting that going, and that's why their economy is really starting to contract now. All right, so we continue to watch and see what happens between the U.S. and China. It really plays a big part in everything that we're talking about as far as outlook for 2019. As always, Arlen, thank you very much. Good to talk with you. Good talking to you, Mike. Take care. Arlen Suderman, Chief Commodities Economist for INTL FC Stone. All right, when we come back, uh, we're going to go back to New Orleans. We're going to hear from uh, two state presidents, Illinois Farm Bureau President, Minnesota Farm Bureau president get their reaction to the president's speech yesterday, what they're hearing uh, from their, um, you know, peers around the country as they talk with friends and uh, in the hallways there about the issues impacting agriculture, different parts of the country, what they thought of the president's speech and what they're working on in their delegate session. That's coming up next on Adams on Agriculture. Thanks for listening to Adams on Agriculture from the American Ag Network. We're excited to explore the topics that make a difference to agriculture. 
The Farm Bill, immigration reform, reducing regulations, trade, new technology, as well as infrastructure and health care. Through the year, Adams on Agriculture will originate on location from several major national meetings and events. Subscribe to the show's podcast at AmericanAgNetwork.com. Thanks for listening to Adams on Agriculture from the American Ag Network. I can't believe he found them. He seems sorry. We very clearly told him not to look up there. I'm honestly impressed that he was able to do it. Right? What did he balance on that big chair? Yeah, I mean... I guess he'll just know what his gifts are this year. I really thought we had hidden them well. If they can find their presence, they can find a gun. 911, what is your emergency? Every day, eight kids and teens are unintentionally killed or injured by loaded and unlocked guns. Learn how to make your home safer at nfamilyfire.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and End Family Fire. Time now for a market check here on Adams on Agriculture. I'm Rusty Halverson for the American Ag Network. The grain markets mixed in early activity on a Tuesday with some analysts in the market unimpressed with the lack of specific announcements in President Trump's speech at the American Farm Bureau yesterday. Soybeans and wheat futures fell yesterday. Corn futures found some support under 380 a bushel on that March contract. But we're backpedaling a bit on this Tuesday. Fraction to a penny lower in corn with March at 377 and three quarters of a cent. We eked out minor gains yesterday but held within the recent range in corn. March soybeans pressed lower on Monday. More minus signs on a Tuesday with March March at 898 and a quarter, down five and a quarter an hour into the session. On the downside, there is said to be a vacuum of significant daily chart support. Some support seen at 892, 880 and a half is the swing low from December 27th. In the wheats, a narrow mix. Minneapolis spring wheat March down a half cent, 565. Chicago March at 513 and a half, down a fraction. Kansas City March steady. At 4.99, livestock at the Merck and live cattle futures nearby February up 65 cents at 126.07. Cash cattle activity expected to remain extremely sluggish through the day. Bids, asking prices still yet to be fully established. Feeder cattle March contract 40 cents higher at 144.72 per hundred weight. Lean hog futures, February, $1.70 higher, 63.55. Hog slaughter seen in around 475,000 head on this Tuesday. Outside markets on Wall Street, the Dow up 16. February crude oil futures in New York up $1.28 a barrel. You're listening to Adams on Agriculture, presented by the American Ag Network. I'm Rusty Halverson. A powerful threat calls for a greater response. When there's a battle, bring strength. When there's a problem, seek answers. When there is doubt, give hope. Not tomorrow. Not in a few years. But right now, some battles must be faced together. Cancer fighters stand up to cancer every day. And you can be part of this battle, too. Visit StandUpToCancer.org to learn more. Together, we can save lives. information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. 
Adams on Agriculture. Now back to Mike Adams. Let's head back down to New Orleans in the 100th convention of the American Farm Bureau Federation. Their delegate session going on today, and we appreciate him stepping out of that session to join us. Rich Gieber, president of the Illinois Farm Bureau. Rich, thanks for being with us. Good morning, Mike. My pleasure to be with you. How did you uh, think the speech went yesterday by President Trump? You know, for the most part, I think our membership appreciated the way it went. Um, you know, what he talked about, wish he'd have said a little bit more, uh, been a bit more definitive with regard to trade and what's going on there. But he talked really well and, and, and about the issues that are important to us. You know, you look, waters of the U.S., trade, and issues like that. And if you're next to the southern part of the, of the country with border security, um, he talked about that. And at the end of his comments, which lasted a little over an hour, um, you know, he really appreciates American farmers and ranchers and wants to have our back and support us and be there for us. And, um, you know, for the most part, I, I think he really did a nice job. He talked more about the support that we as, as, as agriculture needs to support uh, and talk to our legislators about issues that's really important to us and the administration when it comes to waters of the U.S., trade, and border security. He talks a lot when he talks to farm groups. He talks a lot about what he has done to help farmers. Rich, is it what he has done, or is it more what you hope that he's still going to do? Well, both. I mean, we're very appreciative of what he's done on tax reform um, and, and regulatory reform. He got the rule on WOTUS change, and one of his points he talked about yesterday that we can we can put that rule on our dashboard of our pickup trucks and drive across our farm, and we, as a farmer, can understand and know what is a waters of the U.S. and what is not. It clarifies the definitions, which has really been needed, and um, that was really important to our members as well. Yeah, it's a big step. It's not a done deal yet, but it certainly is a big step. We're talking with Rich Gieber, president of the Illinois Farm Bureau. Rich, he also uh, uh, recommitted his support uh, for year-round E15 sales. Now, we know that's uh, on a tight timeline with EPA to get it done by this summer, especially with the government shutdown. But, again, he, he talked about his support for that. Absolutely. E15 was really important uh, to our members. You know, we've talked and work very hard. All the commodity groups across the country have worked very hard on renewable fuels and particularly ethanol to get that in place. The government shutdown does give us a heartburn. It keeps us from getting things done, whether um, you're trying to um, uh, get your and verify your, your yields for the trade mitigation assistance out there, um, or if you got FSA loans that um, – you know, or do, you surely don't want to be delinquent, but with the offices closed, you can't get a signature or counter signature on those checks that you can get to your local banks and make those, you know, fulfill the commitments that you've already made. So, yeah, there's a lot of challenges out there moving forward because of the government shutdown. We can't get WOTUS, um, uh, uh, you know, get it started. It's got to be filed in the federal registry. But that can't be done until the governor, government opens back up that we can start that 60-day 
uh, comment period, which is really important to our members as well. He accomplished and got a farm bill across the finish line. And right now, with the government shut down, we're not getting those rules made or written and getting them out to the countryside. Well, I mean, it won't have an impact on this crop year, but next year, where we as how do we plan the upcoming planting season uh, with the RPLC and other revenue packages and programs that are available to us? Talking with Rich Gieber, president of the Illinois Farm Bureau, from the AFBF meeting going on in New Orleans. Rich, I thought maybe to me what stood out in the speech was his um, his recognition of the need for migrant labor for U.S. farms and operations, and talking about the need not only to let get those workers in here, but even retain workers that have been here for some time. Absolutely. That was one of his other talking points. He thinks that we can get it across the finish line this year. But, you know, as we've talked among our uh, farm leaders across the country, that's going to be a pretty tall order. I thought we had a pretty good opportunity last year or in the last Congress with with uh, uh, Mr. Goodlatte's bill, uh, but it didn't uh, gain any, any uh, momentum going forward. But with the government shutdown, I think there might be this one might be one of the opportunities uh, between the administration and 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 those, uh, you know, Speaker Pelosi and Senator Schumer, Schumer that um, maybe this is one of the talking points to really work on and try to get things resolved going forward. Our farmers are stressed out here because we can't get consistent uh, labor when we need it. Uh, and there, that really needs to be addressed. The H-2A program, HCC, you know, and all of those different um, uh, issues that are raised on uh, by farmers that need a constant good supply of, of, of workforce uh, to harvest or, or to run our farms back, um, back, at the, back at home. Yeah, getting those things through Congress is a real challenge, as we have seen. Uh, Rich, do you get the feeling... Uh, I mean, on trade, the president talked again and made some uh, big promises about how good it's going to be. Uh, but was your message as Farm Bureau to him, we need to see this sooner rather than later? I mean, it, because it's, we're hurting out here. Absolutely. You know, yesterday he talked about, you know, we have an agreement with Canada and Mexico, but we really need to work with our legislators uh, in Congress. Uh, to get that over the finish line, get moving on with that, get some other deals done. There have conversations with the EU. He talked about that yesterday, you know, the talks that are going on. The, the EU doesn't want to include agriculture in this conversation. And I, I had an opportunity to visit with the secretary yesterday morning, and he is really pushing hard to get that put into the conversation with the EU. We also need to get a deal done, bilateral agreement, with Japan. That really has an impact on our uh, beef and uh, other producers uh, getting products into that marketplace since we stepped away from TPP. And as you and your listeners really know, uh, January 1st, uh, the Aussies and the Brazilians and Argentinians can bring beef into that marketplace uh, at at a much lower tariff than what our U.S. farmers and ranchers can at this point in time. Rich, your delegate session going on today, uh, what do you expect out of that, and what were some of the things that the Illinois delegation brought to, to the resolution process? Well, we had a couple things that were really uh, 
We're watching real close. There's a couple submittals uh, with regard to trade policy that we're keeping an eye on. That's yet to come up. Uh, we're real close to, to having that conversation. Uh, one areas that we talked about and that we supported is our some, some of our submittals um, that was approved at our annual meeting in, in Chicago in December was the health savings accounts and how we can better provide opportunities for our membership with those health savings accounts. We also just finished um, uh, putting down and supporting a, a submittal from, and I can't remember which state, the uh, we oppose the mileage vehicle tax as we move forward uh, on infrastructure issues. That we really want infrastructure, but we don't want to be taxed to death to get that done. I was kind of surprised that that wasn't something the president hit on, uh, the need for infrastructure, not only roads and bridges, locks and dams, but uh, uh, rural broadband and some issues like that, because that that's certainly a key issue. Well, he did talk a bit yesterday about broadband and how many dollars he uh, wanted to get put together, uh, and it was a part of the, of the farm bill, because our members out here in the countryside really don't have... Um, super high-speed uh, Internet access. There is in some areas, but there's some other areas that really have some voids. And as we uh, move along uh, this day and age, uh, you know, that's pretty essential out on the farm with all the technology that we have in our equipment that we can um, be up to speed and, and, and do what our um, city neighbors have the access to. Yeah, he touched on it. I just thought it might be a, a bigger emphasis, point of emphasis in his speech. But, again, the big point of emphasis in his speech was about the, the border wall or barrier, uh, whichever it's being called. Yeah. Uh, before we let you go, Rich, yeah. uh, your thoughts as you talk with members, uh, Farm Bureau members around the country there at the convention, what's the mood, what's the attitude that you're hearing and seeing? Uh, probably a little anxiety, um, mm-hmm. not real having a clear way forward. Um, there's a lot of uncertainty out here. We got higher input costs this year. Uh, commodity prices really have not taken off in whatever sector it may be. Uh, I've heard from our friends in, uh, you know, Wisconsin, New York, California, and the like, along as well as our own members that are dairy producers. They're really hurting out there. As you know, it's it's been a tough for last four or five years, and um, we surely need to have a turnaround. Uh, in, you know, in agriculture and some things that would help. We got some certainty on the farm bill, but we, you know, we got a ways to go. We got some certainty with trade agreement with Mexico and Canada, but that's got a ways to go to get it over the finish line. And then the uncertainty that we see out here with China and other countries on these trade deals, it would sure um, raise the spirits of farmers and ranchers all across America. Yeah, a lot of things that are seemingly so close, but they just keep uh, eluding everyone's grasp still at this point. But hopefully that'll change here soon. Well, we'll let you get back into that delegate session. Rich, thanks for taking some time for us. Always my pleasure, Mike, to talk to you. Thank you. Take care. Um, Rich Gieber, president of the Illinois Farm Bureau. Up next, Kevin Papp, president of the Minnesota Farm Bureau. His thoughts on the president's speech and how things are going at the AFBF 100th annual meeting in New Orleans. Stay with us here on AOA Adams on Agriculture.
Okay, men. This is your time. Maybe you didn't choose this, but you're here now. You're gonna go out there and be an all-star caregiver. It's up to you. So what are you gonna do? You're gonna go grocery shopping, cook, clean, be there emotionally and physically. You gotta dig deeper. Drive them to physical therapy, doctor's appointments. Don't you forget about the pharmacy. No, you won't. Because that's what caregivers do. Don't give up. Don't ever give up. This is your time to show the world, your family, and yourself that you're tougher than tough. Now go out there and be the best caregiver this world has ever seen. Caregiving is tougher than tough. Find the care guides you need at aarp.org caregiving. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Sometimes life is wonderful, and sometimes it's not. Cherish the good, but always be prepared for life's challenges. At Private Healthcare, we provide the peace of mind you deserve. With Private Healthcare, you'll get the coverage you want and healthcare you need. If your employer doesn't supply healthcare coverage and you don't qualify for Medicare or Medicaid, you need to give us a call right now. Private healthcare is private health insurance for ages 65 and under with medical, dental, vision, and even prescription coverage. When life comes at you unexpectedly, you need to be ready. And health insurance is your financial safety net. If you're looking for health coverage at the best price and your annual household income is 35000 or more, give us a call at 800-664-2612. That's 800-664-2612. 800-664-2612. Thanks for listening to Adams on Agriculture from the American Ag Network. We're excited to explore the topics that make a difference to agriculture. The Farm Bill, immigration reform, reducing regulations, trade, new technology, as well as infrastructure and health care. Through the year, Adams on Agriculture will originate on location from several major national meetings and events. Subscribe to the show's podcast at AmericanAgNetwork.com. Thanks for listening to Adams on Agriculture from the American Ag Network. What does Meals on Wheels do? They deliver meals and smiles to homebound seniors. But Meals on Wheels does something else. They turn a volunteer's lunch break into a meaningful experience. As small and as simple as the relationship is between a volunteer and a client of Meals on Wheels, it's really so impactful. I never thought that five minutes could make so much difference in the lives of two people, but it has. Drop off a warm meal and get more than you expect. Volunteer at americaletsdolunch.org. That's americaletsdolunch.org. Brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council. Okay, men, this is your time. Maybe you didn't choose this, but you're here now. You're gonna go out there and be an all-star caregiver. It's up to you. So what are you gonna do? You're gonna go grocery shopping, cook, clean, be there emotionally and physically. You gotta dig deeper. Drive them to physical therapy, doctor's appointments. Don't you forget about the pharmacy. No, you won't, because that's what caregivers do. Don't give up. Don't ever give up. This is your time to show the world, your family, and yourself that you're tougher than tough. Now go out there and be the best caregiver this world has ever seen. Caregiving is tougher than tough. Find the care guides you need at aarp.org caregiving. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. 
Did you know you can listen to the latest podcast of Adams on Agriculture or hear the top news and weekend review from the American Ag Network on your Amazon Alexa? Play my flash briefing. Use the Alexa app to search for the podcast you want to play. Search for Adams on Agriculture to learn about the issues affecting agriculture each weekday. Welcome to Adams on Agriculture. Again. Or you can search for the American Ag Network. This is the American Ag Network Week in Review. I'm Sabrina Hill. Stay up to date on agriculture with the sound of your voice on your Amazon device. Hi, I'm George Foreman. Do you have an idea for a new product or invention? People ask me all the time, George, how do I get my idea in front of companies? How do I get a patent? What do I do next? Do you have the same questions? I'll tell you like I'll tell them all. Call my friends at InventHelp. To get your free inventor's information, call 1-800-352-0432. That's 1-800-352-0432. I believe every inventor deserves the opportunity to step into the ring and take their best shot. Put InventHelp in your corner. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now back to Mike Adams. All right, and more from the American Farm Bureau Federation meeting going on in New Orleans. And joining us now, the president of the Minnesota Farm Bureau, Kevin Papp. Kevin, thanks for joining us. Well, good morning. I apologize right off the bat. It might not be a great uh, connection. We're kind of landlocked here in the convention center. A delicate session is going on as we speak. Okay, I want to first get your thoughts, uh, your reaction. We've been hearing from a lot of folks about what they thought of the president's speech yesterday. What did you think of it? Well, I think uh, the big thing is uh, having President Trump here his second straight year certainly shows how important agriculture is to the administration. It shows their serious uh, commitment to agriculture. It was good to hear him talk about issues that are important to Farm Bureau members all around the country. Do you pick up, though... I, there's still support, obviously, for the president. But do you are you starting to hear and and feel, uh, you know, some nervousness, some anxiousness, and patience running a little thin, uh, waiting on not only now the government shutdown to end, but the, to get something done on trade, such as with China. You know, there is no doubt there are some serious and challenging, not only financial but emotional challenges out there. Some stress out there. Uh, we want to make sure we've got everybody at the table working. We need to know where the end of the runway is as we talk about trade and, and other things. So it's important that we continue to be at that table, continue to look at that. Um, we want to make sure that this, this president also supports more things that we grow, not just things we make. So you think you were able to send that message to him that, yes, you support him, but you need to start seeing some results on some of these uh, different issues? We do, and we were glad to hear in his his speech, uh, being in New Orleans and so close to the Mississippi River, about how important infrastructure is, and and really as it ties into trade. You know, no no transportation, no trade. So we're going to continue to push not only with... uh, with the president, but also everyone at USDA, that we have got to be at the table. We're talking with Kevin Papp, president of the Minnesota Farm Bureau. Kevin, uh, tell us about the delegate session. Uh, what are the big issues, uh, and what uh, did you bring from Minnesota to the uh, AFBF delegate session? Well, we've got around 6,000 here at our 100th annual convention. Delegate session is going now. We've got uh, 350 delegates from all 50 states in Puerto Rico seated. Um, as we're working through and kind of where we are right now, our dairy policy, international trade, and getting this farm bill implemented. So a lot of timely topics and 
things that we're discussing as we speak. Any major changes or shifts in Farm Bureau positions on issues? Well, we haven't thus far um, a lot of good uh, suggestions talking about different things. Uh, I think we'll see uh, addition in our book as it deals with cell-based and plant-based protein. Um, talking about that, but I've been around Farm Bureau policy long enough to never really guess or comment on what your policy is until the delegates have adjourned. In your conversations in the hallways, as you talk with members from around the country, what's the number one thing they're talking about? Is it trade? I think the number one thing is just the the low prices, the concerns we've got out there, all the issues, not necessarily just in farming, but rural communities, Um, lack of profits, being able to to pay the bills. And that's trade uh, as it deals with low prices. It's making sure we have... uh, a farm bill with those risk management things in. But, again, being uh, in an area where you've got all 50 states, there uh, certainly ag labor is something that uh, that we hear a lot in those table discussions uh, over meals and in the hallway. Yeah, which the president addressed yesterday in his speech. You know, we knew he was going to talk about border security, and, and it was exciting to hear that he specifically brought up the ag labor. Um, heard from our Arizona farmers. Always interesting, I happen to be sitting next to the Arizona Farm Bureau president during those comments, and you get a different perspective, quite honestly, um, visiting with those those ranchers that are affected personally each and every day compared to maybe being on the other side of the U.S. And what did he have to say? Because we see these reports in the media, you know, some along the border say a wall or barrier would really help. Others say it wouldn't. It's not that much of a priority. What did the, the president of the Arizona Farm Bureau have to say? Well, she uh, she, she just, again, uh, representing all their members and having those members here. Um, the fact that it affects them personally, it affects their safety, it has additional costs, uh, damage to their, to their, their ranches. Um, that it is a real concern that we have to have a mechanism to make sure that we can protect that pri- private property. Is the wall, uh, you know, or the barrier, whichever they call it, and which is really the impetus for this government shutdown, is that an issue that uh, your members feel is a big enough issue to uh, go through a government shutdown over? You know, we, uh, we're pretty clear that our cows and our crops can't wait. In agriculture, we have perishable uh, commodities, and we need to have that experienced, that hardworking labor force uh, um, available when we need it. And we need to make sure we've got labor not only short-term and long-term. So ag labor is certainly our number one issue as you look at the immigration discussion, but that gets into many other things, whether it's border security, border technology, uh, enforcement, other ways, verification. It's all important to agriculture. You know, we've got immigrant farm workers that play a vital role in feeding Americans, and we've got to have a system that works. Yeah, and I would, I think the perspective on that is certainly different if you're in one of those border states. Like you said, when you were talking uh, with the president of the Arizona Farm Bureau, I'm sure her perspective would be a lot different than, say, some of uh, your members in Minnesota because it's just uh, they're, they're right there on the line. Absolutely, and they're affected, and their families are being affected each and every day. So we, uh, and, and that's the strength of Farm Bureau, being able to represent all of agriculture and their, and our different concerns. 
Well, Kevin, we'll let you get back into that delegate session. That's important work in there, and we appreciate your time. Thanks a lot. Thank you, and appreciate the great coverage we're getting from our 100th annual meeting. You bet. Thanks, Kevin. Take care. Kevin Papp, president of the Minnesota Farm Bureau. So um, we've heard a lot of different uh, perspectives from different folks uh, down at the meeting to the president's speech. Supportive, but uh, anxious to get some things resolved and worked out. And we'll, we'll see where we go from here. The government shutdown, trade talks with China, uh, really at the top of the list. We'll have more on the Farm Bureau meeting tomorrow. Also going to take a look at the latest uh, Ag Equipment sales numbers coming up on tomorrow's program as well. Hope you'll join us. Have a great day, everyone. Thanks for being with us on AOA, Adams on Agriculture.